Welcome to the Inspiro Podcast, the podcast exploring personal growth, leadership, strategy, communication, and fulfillment. We are your hosts, Jason Luchtefeld and Bill Woodburn. I'm here as a dentist transitioning into a career to help facilitate individuals and their organizations towards a more fulfilling future. Hi there, I'm Bill Woodburn, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in Austin, Texas. I'm fascinated by the way people come together to solve problems, whether that's couples or families, dental practices or organizations. We're going to be exploring a lot of topics and for us to be able to be free to do that, I have to let you know that this is not intended to be dental advice or counseling advice. Yeah, so that brings up two topics related to this. One is the roles that we play. The, the roles we have as a professional and this becomes one of the major sources of frustration and burnout for dentists the many the dentist owner i should say dentists that are associates have different set of stresses uh, that are unique to their role which we can talk about as well but the dentist owner so they are the business owner so ceo they are typically a producer, so they're operating on people in some form or fashion. They are the HR, so they have to handle staffing, hiring, firing, keeping people talking and, and all that goes along with that. They are the marketing person. Uh, they are the bookkeeper, usually. Although that often gets handed off fairly early, but in the early years of someone's career, you're probably doing your own bookkeeping. Hopefully you're not your own accountant, although you should be familiar with it. You have to be the visionary. Uh, you have to hold the standard, the standard bearer for the practice. So this all I, sounds like way too much. Yeah, I could keep going on here. <laughs> uh, this is, but this is your wheelhouse, uh, how we deal with these different roles and how do we prioritize them and, and how do we determine what we're able to do in those roles? You know, I, I know it's true for counseling. I suspect it's true for dentistry that at first we're very much imprisoned by our professional role. I spend the first amount of time I'm with an intern Usually I'm working with an intern three to five years, depending on how advanced they're going. Um, but in the first year, it's mostly trying to break down that stupid image they have of what a counselor is and what a counselor does that they imagined with no experience. And then that they read a bunch of stuff about, maybe they even got taught that at school. And I'm out here in the trenches. It's like, no, dude, you can't actually do it that way. You will burn out trying to be that. Also, most professional, there needs to be a more suppleness in a professional role than most people get taught. Most people get taught very rigid roles that are kind of brittle and get broken often. And and that, and that can be very painful as opposed to something much more sub, supple and something more nuanced um, and something where you can be a human being inside that role rather than the role being separate from being a human being. I think you're going down a path here of, because I was just going to ask this, so maybe I'm reading into it too much for what I want you to be saying. 
I, I listed off a bunch of roles that are fairly obvious. Mm-hmm. What I, my guess is there are some roles that go unsaid. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Those the, those the ones I work with when I go into to practices are mostly <laughs> the unsaid ones. Uh, you know, because I'm not I'm not worried about the roles that people talk about. Because since you're talking about it, you can make adjustments. I'm much more interested in the roles that people are not talking about. Um, One of the the classics is father of the practice. You know, I'm responsible for everything and I'm carrying all these people on my back and I have to, you know, and it's all up to me. And it's like, oh, so you're just not going to let anybody help you or what? Uh, Like, well, like you were saying that some of these roles, you need to farm out and find somebody that you trust and hand it to them. No, that that's actually the goal. Not I'm just going to learn to be the best accountant, you know, in the world on my weekends when I'm not being a dentist. I was like, what? What are we doing? Um, so yeah, and then there are these other roles which we might as well go ahead and talk about. Uh, the mediator role, very popular in dental offices, um, often in the team, which is someone who is the most sensitive to conflict on the team. And they will be the peacemaker, often doing shuttle diplomacy back and forth between these two people that are not getting along, trying to get them back together. And while that sounds like a noble effort, in fact, to be a peacemaker, you have to give up yourself, what your needs are, what your feelings about that. In other words, maybe maybe it made you angry too, but you can't be angry because you're the peacemaker and you're the, the diplomat. And it's often a role that people play in their families and they just move it to the dental office. And it looks like it ought to be positive. But in fact, mediators tend to burn out the fastest of anybody in a dental office. And, and they will, they will work themselves into a health crisis or they'll just be gone one day, often without much warning, because they'll just reach their limit. Another very popular one is the scapegoat, the person who's always to blame for everything. Uh, the person that's very handy to blame things on. Oh, if it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for that bad attitude she's got, you know, everything would be better. And that's so comforting to the rest of us because we can claim to ourselves that we are not in any way part of the problem. And that if I'm the the owner, I have not created a system here that might require someone to be grouchy in the morning or whatever. And it mean, And when we use a scapegoat, what it means is that we have locked in the system, the social dynamics of our practice and made them more unchangeable. That's the risk on a scapegoat because, you know, we always think, well, it's bad on the scapegoat. It's hell on the scapegoat. But imagine the rest of the practice that doesn't, anytime they get, they get pushed on by the environment to adapt and change, they can take care of it by just putting it on the scapegoat. And now they don't have to adapt and change. There are only so many years you can do that before your, your team, your practice is totally dysfunctional. Mm. So there are lots of other roles, but those are, those are two that I see a lot. How do we bring those hidden roles forward? How do you recommend a team talks about the roles in the practice, both perceived and unperceived in a way that is helpful to, to build a stronger culture in the practice? Right. So if I'm the practice owner leader, one of the things I have to get good at, and this 
flies in the face of kind of conventional thinking. I have to realize that the behavior I see around me, both in the team and in myself, is the product of two things. History, what we a role we got taught to do in our family of origin or in our young adulthood or in our professional school or whatever. And a social system that is operating in the practice. I'm going to stop you there for a second. Sure. So history is our life, our personal life history. Personal life history that, or professional training sometimes. Which yeah. Is, but that could also include our history in the practice itself with these people. Oh, yes. But, but it also typically extends way beyond that. Yes. And yes. then our the second one was more uh, specifically in the practice, the dynamics of the people. Yes. Okay. Every, everything you see going on in your practice is there for a reason. These two people don't like each other. They didn't wake up one morning deciding not to like each other. And you say, well, that's because so-and-so yelled at so-and-so. Yeah, but let's step back. There is, there is something going on in the practice that made anger come out that way. Of course, there's occasionally anger in a practice. But wait a minute, it came out that way, and it happened that way at that time. That's based on the structure of the practice, the social structure, the social dynamics that are built in. And it's it's like we say, patients show up in a practice, and they either know how they fit in the practice, and they're comfortable there, or they don't know how they fit, or they seem to they get the impression they're bothering everybody. And, you know, well, the same thing with the people that work there. Yeah. And how you are as a leader is based on your history and then what this practice is requiring of you. Mm -hmm. And it's going to emphasize, you're going to overwork some muscles and underwork others if you're not careful. And it will start to shape you into this or that. We see it in teams all the time. The classic is, oh, yes, well, we had this person and they just didn't get along with anybody and they were just so angry all the time and thank goodness they left. And so we just hired this new person and it's great. Six months later, I get a call from the same practice. This new person is acting just like the old person. How did we hire the same person? I just don't know how that happened. I'm thinking, no, you didn't hire the same person. You hired a person for the same slot in the practice. And Yes, they shaped the practice a little bit, but the slot in the practice shaped them. They were sort of crammed into that shape by the pre- by the social pressure of the practice. The, your practice has needs to have an angry person, or your practice needs to have a a, a person who's hurt or or emotional, or your practice needs to have someone who's very unemotional and 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 kind of critical. Well. You know, it's the it's a practice something you practice needs, and if you don't change the practice to not need that, you can hire a whole line of people, and the relief will only be temporary until they get crammed into that same hole again. Regardless of their disc profile, regardless of their profile, absolutely, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Okay, I won't. I'll try to stay off my soapbox when it comes to those <laughs> profiles. Well, yeah, I have a good that, story though for you. Go ahead. Whatever, whatever you know, this profiles are measuring the the social pressure in a practice will win, right? It, especially in a dental practice. This is this is if 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 like me, you're looking at social dynamics. This is a high pressure cauldron of social dynamics. 
And and that high pressure cauldron will cook things. You know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when it gets cooked. Yeah. So everything gets cooked and boiled down into the stew. And it doesn't matter if somebody wants to, or if you hire someone from a totally different school or someone with a whole different quote personality. No, you keep them there long enough. They're cooked into the stew. It reminds me of a study that I read about in a book that's about culture. So these researchers are studying uh, monkeys. So they put like five monkeys in a fairly large cage together. Up at the top, they built some stairs and then they built, they hung some bananas. They, they put the top several stairs have a shock mechanism. So as the monkeys would climb up, they would get shocked. So they would jump down. So they never got the bananas. They learned you don't climb the stairs. So what they do then, they take one monkey out. They put a brand new monkey in. That monkey gets excited, sees the bananas, starts to climb the stairs. All the other monkeys go and grab it. Don't let it get shocked. They pull it down from there so that it can't get the banana. So the monkey learns, we don't go there. We don't go there. So that's wonderful. And it also shows that the other monkeys didn't want the anxiety caused by even seeing the other monkey get shocked. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, well, it, the newbie get shocked and then they'll know. No, we actually, there is enough empathy in both monkeys and human beings that, that we are going to even shape someone to fit, even if they don't even know what they're being shaped for because they haven't been shocked by the, by the electric right. stairs. Yeah. <laughs> so then the next thing I'm reminded of the idea of structure. You mentioned structure mm-hmm. and so my understanding of structure is we tend to have we tend to find a balance between two tensions when we're when we have a structure. When we attempt to change it in one direction or another, it's like pulling a rubber band. So we can pull, 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 but we're just creating more and more energy for it to come back the other way. And while we have this, I'm going to say this is a structure that is not necessarily fully known. We're not, we don't have full awareness of it. So we try to change it and we're successful for a little while, but it bounces back. Oftentimes it'll rebound past the center point. You might overcorrect and then come back again. Eventually, if you're not paying attention, you're settling right in the middle again where you were because you haven't done enough to change the structure out of this tension that it has. So I'm going to advocate for using core values to try to overcome or to create a new structure. Yes. And I'm going to add a piece though. Great. That if you want to change something that's happening in the practice, in the structure of the practice, people tend to always react a certain way to a certain thing. And it's getting pretty predictable. It's a pattern that before you can truly change it, you have to understand the function of that pattern. Yeah, I've I've been to several dental practices where there is someone who um, gets, quote, bossy, unquote, just tries to run everything. Oh, she should. That's terrible. We should get somebody else. We should fire them. They're just mm. another way to look at that is that is the person that cares the deepest about the practice and is most quick to see the threat 
and and leaps in to try to save the practice the soonest. If you don't understand that function, then you're just going to tell them, oh, just don't do that. But they're going to find themselves, they, they may even agree with you. Oh, yeah, I'll stop doing it, uh, doctor. I absolutely will stop doing that. But they'll find themselves doing it again. Mm-hmm. Because you might have tried to fix the behavior, but you haven't fixed the function that that behavior. So one way I would fix that function is to have a meeting in the team and start distributing the responsibility in the team so that they all become alert to threats to the practice, all feel responsible for doing something. And it lessens the pressure on that person who is being, quote, bossy, unquote, to have to keep ringing the fire alarm every time something goes wrong, because now we're all doing that function. So now you can relax. And pretty soon they're not doing that because they don't need to do it anymore. The function has been removed or handled by something else. And so they don't need to do it. And it's like, oh my gosh, now now, now they're not being bossy. Yeah, they don't need to be now. Do you uncover that function through just like a brainstorming exercise? Like well, what could be the benefit or, you know, why is this happening? What are some of the reasons this is happening besides that person Z is pushy? Yeah, so there are two things. One, you can do inside the system, but it's part of the reason people hire me to come into systems is it's so much easier to see these functions if you're outside the system, mm. okay? If you're inside the system, the range is too close and it's really it's really tough. So if you're, if you're a practice owner listening to this thinking, yes, but I can't tell what those things are. You know, yeah, no, it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. But now one of the things you can do to help everyone back off and maybe start to do it really come down hard on we don't label people here. This isn't the bossy one, the mousy one, the you know, um, you know, no, 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 no. That's that's that covers over the function that their behavior is, you know. So instead of well, she's the bossy one, what if she's the most alert one? Hmm. What if the mousy one is actually the most cooperative one who gets a lot out of belonging. Okay. So, it, but as long as I have those pejorative labels in place, I'll never sit there and think about, well, maybe there's, maybe there's something else going on. I've personalized it too much. I like to broaden it out that a whole bunch of what I'm seeing again is because of the way the practice is structured, not how that one person decided to act today. Mm. Particularly again, if it's an ongoing pat- pattern, everybody's got the weird day where they act weird. Okay. But if it's an ongoing practice, uh, ongoing uh, pattern, then there's something built in the practice there. And I, I can either hire someone to come in and take a look, um, which, by the way, I'm doing do myself out of a job a little bit. It could be another colleague from another practice to come in and sit for a while and just observe. Mm. You know, it's just you just have to be on the outside and you begin to see it easier. And if you just make it a practice to get everyone to stop labeling it as somebody's personal choice that this pattern happens and move it toward, oh, they're responding to something in this practice. I wonder what they're responding to. She always gets, you know, anxious and angry around three o'clock every day instead of saying, oh, she needs to go, you know, get medication. You could say, I wonder what goes on around here in the late in the afternoon that would make somebody angry. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can track that down. 
Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you're getting some value out of these self-care discussions. In this one, uh, while we ran around 20 minutes, only a couple topics were discovered. Roles, in-depth look at the roles we play, and then uh, structure and tension and how to maybe manage that. Feel free to email us, inspiropodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, we'll talk at you next week.